Hello friends, we're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked. It's the weekend, so you know it's the best time to start talking about the news. And as we always do, January 13th, 2023. I'm adding dates now to these, Jeremy Lambert. I know, I found that the way to do it, by the way, it's the 14th, not the 13th. It's the 13th when we record, so pull back the curtain. I found that if I add the date, people might actually pay attention to when we're talking about these things. Do you care about these things, Jeremy Lambert? But if you get the date wrong, then it, it's not very helpful, Joel Pearl. But I, I'm, that's the right date. That's all that matters. <laughs> I'm fine with dates. I mean, I'm, I've been very bad at dates throughout my entire life until until recently. Uh, but dates are very important. You know, it's important to provide the context with the dates on things. So good job, Joel. You're letting everybody know when the news of the week. You could You should do like... The entire week that we're covering the news from January 7th, which was last Saturday, to January 14th, which is today. I normally do the Monday to Friday. I just, you know, news doesn't some happen of these, the weekend, remember? Okay, well, here's here's uh, more pulling back the curtain. Of We typically record these like Friday morning, and I'm not done working at 9.30 a.m. on a Friday morning. So if there's something from last Friday that I transcribed that I liked, I will have that in this week. And then, yeah, technically, I'm not supposed to work on the weekends, but I'm still the busiest person working on the weekends. And I sometimes transcribe stuff on the weekend as well. And there's important news from the weekend that I will toss on this show too. So that is why I go Saturday to Saturday, even though there might be something from last Friday on this show that we talk about. Not this week. This week actually, I think is Monday to, to Friday. Hey, wonderful. Well, it's Friday. So go ahead and uh, leave us a thumbs up here on this video. And while you're at it, you can also get involved with funnel cake Friday by sending us both funnel cakes to oh, our desired, uh, I, email addresses i guess can you email funnel cake oh, well, i guess we'll find out i don't know man i've been a funnel cake in so long either i could really Maybe. use one let's go to the fair you and i we'll go we'll go and do a yeah. funnel cake friday of our own i've been to the fair in a while those fairs scare me i mean it's snowing here in toronto so we probably won't go today or i'll go south with you and do something we got snow too we got some snow here this is awful very, very light powdery very light powdery snow all right, we'll go snowboarding and have funnel cakes. I don't think there's enough snow to go snowboarding. I'm so hungry. You ever been snowboarding, Joel Pearl? No, cross-country skiing was more my jam when I was younger. Oh, I went skiing once uh, in Colorado, and I did I did pretty well because I, I used to play hockey. And so like skiing and skating, kind of similar with like edges and, and stuff like that. Um, so I did pretty well, but then like I way overshot of like how good I was. And I went up to like an advanced course and it probably took me about three hours to get down it because I was falling down about every two seconds and just not, it didn't, it didn't go well. It did not go well. Jeremy's double black diamond experience did not go over as planned. My, my trip, my trip to Colorado was uh, miserable for a few reasons, but that, that was certainly one of them. All right. Well, let's, let's make it a little less painless. You know how it works. We got six articles this week. We do have an honorable mention, and we'll get to that while we talk about everything else. Uh, we're going to go through it. I, I, we have a lot to talk about. So how about we dig in? Uh, number What is really number five? And it's Soraya. I gave my two AEW Dynamite tickets away to my friends. Jeremy, <laughs> this is going to be an exercise in expectation setting and also an exercise in reading the article 
as we discuss Soraya's latest Twitch stream, or I guess the, the Twitch stream she did leading into AEW Dynamite, and uh, some of the expectations the fans had going into that women's tag match and uh, a certain person who did not show up. So let's talk about it. Soraya on her Twitch stream talking to her fans about the tickets. So early in the Twitch stream, she says, uh, I put them to good use. And people ran with that quote. Uh, I saw that on on a few websites. Uh, so they ran with that quote. And of course, everyone is like, oh, what'd she do with them? Oh, wink, wink, nod, nod. The the boss might be there. Put them, put them to good use. Wink, wink. Yeah. Uh, so people ran with that. But if you listen to the full thing, she later comes back and it, somebody in the comments says like, oh, you've made headlines on, on the wrestling sheets. And she's like, oh, no, what did I do now? And they're like, oh, the two tickets thing. And she's like, guys, I gave my two tickets to my friends. Like, why does the Internet have to make everything a conspiracy theory? And then she was laughing and whatnot. And I even had people say to me of like, oh, she knows what she's doing. Like she's, she, she understands, like uh, she said that for a reason and then she backtracked or whatever. Um, and then, so she came out, like, I put it to my two friends. I did not want to be the person who the headline was, I put them to good use. Cause I didn't want to cause a stir. I've learned a lot of lessons this past week in causing stirs when it comes to the sale of a potential company and how you should frame things in headlines to get people riled up versus lowering expectations of what's actually happening here. So learned, learned a lot. Of, and you know, this is Wednesday afternoon though some of those lessons were learned on Tuesday night and then continue to be learned throughout this week. Uh, so I was like, I'm just going to put, I gave it to my two friends because that's what she said. That's her, her implication. And people can make of that what they will, because the good use is obviously going to be, Oh, okay. Yeah, we get you. Two friends could be anybody, right? It, I, I imagine she has a lot of friends. Uh, I'm pretty, she's friends with Mercedes, but imagine she has a lot of other friends. So that's a little bit easier. So that's why I went with that one. Uh, and then what happened on Dynamite happened. I had a lot of people, I replied to some of them, be like, what happened with the tickets? Like, it weren't, weren't the tickets a thing? And like, I just tweeted them. I was like, here, here's the explanation of why she, of what happened with the tickets. And people are like, so now like I got to follow Soraya's Twitch or I got to follow Fightful to understand what's happening in AEW storylines. Like, yeah, sure. Follow me. I'll explain. I'll fill in all of these logic gaps for you. Um, but yes, this this is a lesson in many things. Uh, one being listen to the full thing. Get full context before you run with anything. Read beyond the headline as always. Read the article and you know try to manage expectations of the readers be, with things like this. A lot going on. A lot going on here. You've said this in many places I've heard you, including this past week on the spotlight, which you can watch on youtube.com slash Fightful Thursdays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Uh, when you set your expectations low, you will never be let down. And I agree with you in this case. I took my argument or my conversation about what happened on Dynamite or what didn't happen. I, I, I kept it in my, my Twitter circle, okay? And I just wanted to have... The conversation about expectation setting and that sometimes wrestling fans get so 
like Soraya says, why does everything have to be made into a conspiracy theory? And not everything does. Sometimes you can take things at face value, especially when you have to you have to just let the wrestling company hit you over the head with this shit. And that's not what AEW was doing. I think wrestling fans really decided to get it in their own head that things were happening when they weren't. So Soraya trying to tie up loose ends, it was cute. I don't think she needed to. But at the same time, uh, she did it because at least she could, you know? I, it, it, it comes down to just like everything is a work, right? Like that's what everybody thinks is yes. when when Soraya, even when Soraya says like I put him to good use and like she said here is guys, why does this have to, to have to be a thing? I gave them to my friends They're like, oh, no, 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 she she's again. I had people message me. She knows what she's doing. I had smart people message me. She knows what she's doing. And they just think it's all work. It's all a tease. And you're right about managing expectations. And the, the boss line that, that Brit put out there, I talked about it on the spotlight. If Brit was just popping herself, bless her. I'm all about just popping yourself. That's fantastic yeah. to me. Should there have been quality control there? Maybe, but whatever. <laughs> my feeling about that, and I know we, we are not here to talk about wrestling storyline and all that, but my, my feeling with that was either, yeah, she's popping herself, she's the heel, and she was having a good time. Or number two, because uh, Will Washington on Grapsity said that that promo didn't air to the live crowd when they had it on Dynamite that week. Uh, it felt like maybe that promo was the wrong take that aired. And well, I, I'm that, spitballing. That's quality control. <laughs> yeah, and that's quality control. And I'm totally spitballing. Like, I'm not reporting anything. I don't say anything. But it, like, it felt a little bit like she was having fun and then a mix of like nobody double checked to make sure it was the right take. So regardless, like certain things just kind of fell by the wayside in the storytelling of this match. However, the, the real story of that match was supposed to be Soraya's first dynamite match. I mean, by the end of it, no one seemed to care about that. Nobody um, cared. Cause it yeah. was just a victim of timing. But uh, it is, it is managing expectations. So when like they do these interviews, like this and i'm bringing it back to, to news here so when she does something this one in interview she was just on twitch literally getting her makeup done be before uh dynamite and everything she's on twitch and she just like comments on it and people are just going to take that as however they're going to take that and, and i mentioned this on the spotlight as well is like tony khan does these interviews specifically the one with grab city and they ask about the partner he's like i'm not going to comment on that right now and people are just running with like Oh, he's waiting until January because who's a free agent? Oh, he was looking to the left. And what does this mean? Like he was lying about this. Like, oh, what? like they're looking for like reactions and facials and just like ticks and quirks and all of this stuff to like talk themselves into what does this actually mean? And sometimes, and I think a lot of that is like, we're wrestling fans. We just think everything is a work. Everything is a build. Everything is a tease. And like you said, sometimes it's just like, what they're saying is just honest and like, he just doesn't want to comment on that right now because he just wants to build hype for it. She literally just gave her tickets to the friends because that's what she did with them. Like you don't always have to get yourself in a tizzy over this. And that's why, yeah, like I said, my expectations with a lot of things are just low because if you keep them and I understand people don't always want to be like this, but like if you just keep them low you can't be disappointed by this. I had no expectation that we were going to see a surprise appearance on Dynamite. Was I like anticipating in the moment? Maybe a little, but I was not mad when it didn't come out. I, I think most things are funny 
and wrestling. I'm either super excited about it or I think it's super funny. I don't get mad. I think this wrestling is too stupid to get mad about. Um, so when it didn't happen and the crowd booed and the online reaction, I was laughing my ass off at that stuff. Just, yeah, sometimes take things, what people are saying as truth, and don't work yourself into a shoot. Hottest question of the entire article, who did Soraya give her two tickets to? Who were the two friends? Who do you think? Ronnie and maybe the makeup artist. Oh, actually, the makeup artist is a good shout. I didn't think about that. Yeah, because that, that's who she was just on Twitch with. I think Ronnie was like right there, too. She did interviews with him all week, too. So I just assume he got one of the tickets. Were I they think even good seats? Did Brit say they were like front row seats? I don't remember because it now is like a month ago and I just yeah. don't have the capacity. <laughs> it was mentioned once and then never mentioned until the week of the show. Uh, my my feeling is that Saraya gave them to Mark Marin and his producer, Brandon, because I'm trying so hard to get that interview. I know they're talking about it on their premium stuff on, on WTF pod, but I want Mark Marin and his producer, Brandon, to come on youtube.com slash fightful or fightful overbooked preferably fightful overbooked to talk about their dynamite experience because this was mark's like first real wrestling show and on top of that like he did glow like he worked on a wrestling television program that had good success i would love to hear the the dichotomy of those experiences because i know there's it's got to be something else so mark you're welcome to join us let's move on shall we go for it Number four, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Every indication I've been given is pitch black match is a street fight kind of in the dark. (laughs) This rules. It does. Oh, my God. Uh, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Was on the bump. And uh, he was also on After the Bell talking about the pitch black match. He basically, everywhere he goes, he talks about the pitch black match and what he doesn't know about it. Jeremy, (laughs) talk to me about L.A. Hey, night. Yeah. He's he's in the pitch black as far as what this match is going to be. Um when he was on the bump, like he was in character talking about he's like pitch black, Mountain Dew pitch black. Like, I don't know what this is. Doesn't really matter. On after the bell, he was like more out of character with with, with stuff. That's a different podcast. Uh, but he was more out of character with when talking about it until he's asked about it and he's like hey kind of every indication is like just kind of a street fight and we're probably just gonna have wacky lighting and everything like that's i think what most people anticipated this is going to be uh i mean i i worked myself into a shoot of like you got involved mountain dew it's the first person to like pour a two liter of mountain dew over their opponent so I'm like, this is what's gonna happen here um but it seems like it's just gonna be a street fight in the dark it should be legitimately just pitch black there you go nothing can't see anything you just hear sounds and whatnot and then you come back and guys are busted open and bloody and bruised and maybe there's a winner maybe there's not a winner it's just it's like the red wedding but they call it the pitch black wedding yeah now here's the problem with like the loser gets doused in mountain dew you're the sponsor and suddenly your product is being used negatively i think instead they should do uh, Edward Pitch Black hands, where they put two two liter bottles of Pitch Black duct taped around your hand, and the only way you can win is to both chug both bottles and get your opponent to submit. However, you do it. I think they submit after they chug a bunch of Pitch Black. <laughs> I would too. 
That, they can just kick them in the stomach and then that's it. See if they can hold it in. That's what it should be. Okay. Here, here's the pitch for this match. I like, I like the uh, Edward Mountain Dew hands. That's a, it's a great callback to like college days. Um, so you, you drink, you drink the leader, whatever it might be, and then you get to kick your opponent in the stomach. Shoot kicks. Like you got to legitimately kick them. Um, so a shoot kick to the stomach, and then if they don't throw up. Drink another leader, another shoot kick. First one to throw up loses. <laughs> oh, that broke me. <laughs> Rochambeau is what it should be. It should be it just be Ed- Edward, pitch black hands, and Rochambeau. Instead of kicking you in the stomach, they kick you in the testes. Could you imagine? Oh my gosh. <sighs> it's just awful. But is it it's just gonna be okay? First of all, you can't do pitch black, right? It's gonna be purple lights, right? No, it's got to be pitch black. Like it needs to be in the dark. Night vision for all. They're yeah. going to bring everyone into the arena and be like, here are your night vision goggles for the night. Here yeah. It's forget. like when you get the 3D goggles at the movies and everything, D- dispose of them on your way out. You know? Remember remember <laughs> that episode of Roger in the pandemic when Randy Orton beat up all the legends by yeah. <laughs> He walked in with the cart and he puts on those big ugly ones. They're going to give out like however many thousands of those. Yeah. Okay. It's I'm like down. a big arena, right? It's not, it's they only got to get it. There's only 65,000 people yeah. coming to the show. <laughs> that's what it should be. Yeah, that's 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 it. Uh, Randy Orton just sitting at home being like, I started it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Number three, I think. Mandy Rose addresses her WWE release, says there is some confidentiality to her release. Uh, she appeared on the Tamron Hall show, did Mandy Rose. And you and I were talking offline about why this is important and how this might change um, wrestlers appearing in different media in the future. So talk to me about the the appearance of Mandy Rose on Tamron Hall show. So what what she said, obviously very important. She addressed her release. She she got released, I guess, a couple weeks ago. Uh, really, a month ago at this point. Um, wow crazy um so she she got released a month ago over reportedly the the content that was on her fan time website and then she ended up making a million dollars after her release so good on her and she was asked you know like were you asked to take it down she said she was given one warning she took down what she needed to take down and then just kind of caught her off guard after that she thought she something's up with the title and she said there was some confidentiality she she said that there was no nudity on all of on any of the photos or anything like that uh she was basically it's just like i was taking people behind the scenes this is how i live giving people a peek into my personal life everything so I like all this is very important when it comes to her release and, and her side of the story and everything. The thing that I largely want to talk about is when we do this show, Joel Pearl, a lot of times, 90% of the time, we're talking about interview station that they're talking to the wrestler to like hype the upcoming live event or another wrestler's podcast uh chris jericho renee paquette whoever whoever it might be another wrestler's podcast and this was a big syndicated talk show the tamron hall show i'm not gonna pretend like i'm a regular viewer of this show or that i think it means like the biggest thing in the world, but I know it's a pretty big deal for people who just like watch daytime talk shows and everything. It's something like the view. I get, and I know the view is like a big deal, but you don't see wrestlers 
give this stuff on these type of shows. Like usually if anybody goes on, we've seen wrestlers on like late night shows, right? Fallon, Kimmel, whatever. And they go on there and again, they're just hyping something and they're having fun. They're joking. Like she went on this show and this was her first interview after a pretty big release. Like this was a big story when Mandy Rose was released. It came out of nowhere. The reasons behind it are big reasons. And she, instead of going on the sessions or something like that, she went on a daytime talk show and talked about all of this. And it just made me curious of like, is are other wrestlers going to follow suit with this? Like, is this, should this be the way to go with this type of thing instead of going on like a wrestling podcast? Because this, it seemed like got more coverage of from other outlets that aren't in the wrestling bubble, as opposed to had she just gone on again, like the sessions, would this have been picked up by, I think like somebody like TMZ would have picked up, but like does NBC pick this up? Does ABC pick this up? This was a show that airs, I believe on ABC. So it becomes a bigger story because of that. So I'm thinking of ways to, to put this um, bluntly. I think part of this has to deal with having a really good PR team in place. Someone who has connections, someone who can get you in on a show like this. And whoever's working with Mandy Rose, well, we know who, who her manager is because he, they, they, they've spoken very yeah. uh, very fondly about the money that Mandy was making outside of WWE. Uh, that being said, if this person has good connections outside of WWE, outside of wrestling, that's a huge win. And that is something that I think a lot of wrestlers need to keep in mind because wrestling is a bubble. It's very insular and it's not taken as seriously by most mainstream media outlets. We know this. Tuesday was a pretty good indicator of that. And so, <laughs> just saying. Uh, but with Mandy appearing on Tamron Hall, uh, yeah, that that sets um, not a precedent, but it certainly brings forth the idea that like other wrestlers should probably make mainstream appearances and make wrestling look good uh or at least different than how people perceive it to be uh yeah that, that's really all i have to say about that because the first thing i thought of was like she's got great representation and that's part of why she got this show i completely agree uh all right i had to mute my mic for a second as the uh system behind me went off um <laughs> Yeah, the 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 PR department or her manager, whatever it might be, like definitely made a good call here of doing this instead of just the typical go on this show, go on this wrestling podcast type of thing because it did get more coverage and you know wrestlers more and more have gotten have gotten managers how high low they, they might be um, I, I don't know but I, I think it's you know moving forward if you have a story to tell and you can pull something like this might not it might be worth exploring um let's go back to an affirmation person who we didn't really mention but like that's a big story mercedes and naomi that's a big story and if when it comes out like it might not be in the worst interest to you know be on a big time talk show instead of again let's, let's go on the bella's podcast and tell our story because it would be a bigger deal if they are on again, let's say like the view telling this because it's a pretty big story the the way all of that went down and the fallout from that and now of course it's been months and who knows and there's other circumstances that have happened and, and whatnot but 
Like that would be something where if I'm them and I want to get that story out there, I would look into maybe doing that as opposed to let me go on talk as Jericho, baby. So once again, Mark Marin and producer Brandon, if you want to talk about your wrestling experience, let's talk. Uh, yeah, but but it's true. It, it, the more cro- we talk about crossover appeal or just the the idea of crossover in media between wrestling and mainstream. And one of the mistakes that a lot of, I call it a mistake, but I don't, I I think people understand when I say this, a lot of the mistakes are that they'll go for wrestling shows first, or they're, they're not necessarily making the effort or finding a way to, to break through into talking on a mainstream show. And like Tamron Hall is not the view. And I I think we're using just commonly known shows, right? I think people understand that, but the idea here being like, you can be on your local TV station talking about whatever you're talking about. And there's more appeal there because there aren't just wrestling fans watching this who have seeked it out. Now you're going to get more regular viewers of the show getting an idea of what this wrestler or wrestling is all about. Wrestling fans are going to find this stuff regardless, right? Like, you know, every website covered it and wrestling fans are always going to to find this because they're checking wrestling websites and wrestling websites because it's a wrestling story are, is going to cover it now you are getting this out to yeah non-fans and telling your side of the story and that can gain you fans to this like mandy rose is tapping into a fan base that maybe did not know her prior to this and now will support her and support her new endeavors because of this, because either they, they found her relatable. They, they feel she was wrong. They find her attractive, whatever it might be. She is tapping into a new set of of audience because she went outside of the bubble. Smart business. It's really what it comes down. She made a million dollars in a month. All right. I ain't knocking what this, how this woman's working. (sighs) Only news. I return to that. (laughs) Let's move on. We're talking about Tully Blanchard. This is our honorable mention. Tully Blanchard confirms he's no longer with AEW or ROH. Says his wrestling career is, quote, probably over. Uh, Tully Blanchard joined the two-man power trip for a conversation where, uh, on its surface, this is news that isn't surprising at the same time. I think we're here more to talk about the podcasters in question and the ability to, uh, bag a a big star, so to speak. Talk to me, Jeremy. The the news is like, it is confirmation of stuff because, uh, Tully hasn't been around for a while. There was the whole thing with the Tully Blanchard enterprises selling to the embassy and everything. People pretty much figured Tully's just done. Uh, and he confirmed it. He didn't really give details. He said it was like complex and that that was sort of that. But I did want to give a shout to Two Man Power Trip and John Paz because this was their eighth year anniversary show. Um, and they got a bunch of different guests. They they got Tully, they got Arn, they got Jeff Jarrett, Dean Malenko. So they 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 got some, you know, get Dean Malenko doesn't do like a lot of interviews or anything like that. Um Tully has done like signings and stuff, but he's never really been, he's never talked about this. Even at the signings, he's just like, oh yeah, AW fine. Um, so he, he doesn't really talk about this stuff, but I, two man power trip, they put out at least one show a week. They've always got, whether it's a star from the past, sometimes it's, it's a current star. Uh, they, they get good guests. They had a Hulk Hogan interview like a year ago or something, which was. Pretty big get Hulk Hogan just 
doing in an interview. So again, they've been doing this for eight years. Uh, they have a, a good track record when it comes to the stuff. I think John Paz is a very good interviewer. He's good at just like good follow-up questions and, and things like that. So I'll give a shout to, to two man power trip. If you haven't checked out their podcast, go check it out. If you haven't checked out their interviews, go check it out. I think they do good work. I was asked to do a last match with Ricky Steamboat and said, I'm not going to embarrass myself and go out there and not be able to do what I used to do. Just watch the videos. Hey man, I think that's the right way to go. That's all I'm going to say. Tully, Tully very eloquently uh, talking about the end of his career. And yeah, you're right. Two man power trip. They're really, really good at what they do. I have nothing else to add to this. Shall we move on? Yes. Brian Malonis recalls working indie show with John Cena and Vince McMahon. Conversations in pop culture had Brian Malonis on the show. Uh, I never knew about this, but uh, let's talk about it. John Cena Sr. had a promotion called Chaotic Wrestling, and it was in Massachusetts. So, of course, John Cena Jr. was involved, and uh, Vince was as well. So talk to me about Malonis and conversations in pop culture. So I don't think it was chaotic was John Cena senior's promotion. I think he was like co-promoting. Yes, you're right. It was co-promoted. You're absolutely right. Uh, so yeah, I've never, I'd never heard this story. It apparently had been told before. Uh, Cause when I was researching to see if it had been told before, I did find um, a shout out to Spencer love, love wrestling it is where it, I actually read this story that for the first time it was covered, I think in like 2019 Spencer interviewed Brian Malonis and uh, he told, he didn't give as much detail as he did here, but he did mention this story. It, you know, it didn't seem to circulate too much because that was legitimately the only link back that I could find. And so I just decided to, to, to write this up and still didn't seem to circulate all that much because a lot of stuff just happened this week and you know unfortunately for for brian malonis despite the names involved in this he's not the biggest name and so people just sometimes don't look beyond that which i think sucks and you know read look at the story not always who's telling the story uh especially if it's legit and not a bunch of made-up bullshit like a lot of people will tell these stories about uh dutch mantel so sorry will you say hello to him and catering (sighs) I've done a podcast with him. I don't know if That's he likes true. it or not. That. Yeah. It was around this time two years ago. It was WrestleMania like two years ago. Right. I don't know if he likes me or not. Um, we have friends who do podcasts with him. Anyway, back to Brian Malonis. Good story here. Like this is something that I did not know about. And, you know, John Cena making an indie appearance, even if it's a show co-promoted by his dad, like that's still a pretty big deal that he's just going out there and doing that. But Vince making an indie appearance is something you just would not think of. And instead, he went out there, did this, took a FU from, from Cena, and that was that. And I, you know, Brian's follow up of like, I, I saw Vince in the hall and was like, thanks. And Vince probably had no idea who he was or any memory of even doing that appearance. And he just walked off. He's like, ha, all right, good job, kid. And the, the other interesting part was, Brian wanted to get that footage on ROH TV, which a good that's a good move by him to try to get that done, but it, it couldn't get done. And apparently WWE has this footage though. And you know, will they ever use it? I have no idea. I don't know if they ever, would ever have a reason to use it, but I, I thought the ROH stuff was actually kind of the, the story itself is interesting, but him pushing to be like, let's make a deal, put it on there. But apparently there was some legal holdups and chaotic could not get like licensed that footage to ROH. 
Yeah, chaotic. It's, he says a chaotic can't sell the footage. I assume because chaotic had signed a deal with WWE. Yeah. for that footage. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and the story that you brought up, I was going to bring up about uh, he got Brian got booked on the WWE show that was like a week later. And then he went up to Vince McMahon and said, thank you. And Vince kind of cocked his head and said, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> so he just had no clue who this dude is. And Brian Malone is just like, he's a big dude. He is, he is a memorable individual. So for Vince to kind of no sell it, I, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was interesting, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good interview. Uh, and I, I was going to say interesting. I didn't want to say interesting twice in a row, but um, it, it is an interesting interview and a good chat. So go uh, go out of your way to find it. Uh, we'll have the articles, of course, linked in the description of the video. But uh, check it out. I really like it when we get to talk about these very random occurrences in wrestling and uh, and kind of dive into it. I've never never heard of the the, the podcast um, conversations in pop culture or conversation in entertainment. Uh, and apparently, they've done other wrestling interviews before I legitimately might've covered like a Billy Starks interview that they did. And so this is just how bad my memory is, but very knowledgeable, uh, clearly like knew this story. So very knowledgeable about stuff and good conversation too. Like I listened to the, to the whole podcast and good conversation with, with Brian and they interview some, you know, indie talent, lesser, lesser talent and everything like that. And that's always appreciated by me. So there's a, a good, good overall interview beyond just this story. Yeah, they're smaller creators, and I'm looking at like who they've interviewed. They, they're a lot of wrestlers. They're like they have the Bushwhackers. You said Billy Starks. You you did in fact cover it from them most likely. Uh, and then there's a lot of indie stars. Go check them out. Uh, Pop Anime Comics. That's the that's there the you YouTube handle. So check them out. And the show is called Conversations in Pop Culture. Uh, let's move on to our final story. Former WWE PR rep Don Pappas recalls working for Vince McMahon in 2004. Uh, the Chosen Life podcast is where Don Pappas made her appearance. Um, that's a lot of popping peas for me, so I'm glad I put a <laughs> I'm glad I put a filter on this week. Uh, the story isn't as interesting as the content because I don't think anyone really expected some random WWE Canada PR person to be speaking about her time. You know, so many years later because. This was this was a long time ago. Two thousand four was uh, was quite a, a while ago, almost uh, almost twenty years. So go ahead, talk to me about Don Pappas and the Chosen Life podcast. There, there's another story that came came out from this where she and th- this went up yesterday, Friday. Um, and maybe I should have gone with this one, but I went with the the first one. Regardless, th- this story was just she got yelled at randomly by Vince McMahon on the red carpet because they were behind schedule, and she admits like Vince probably didn't know who the hell I was and. You know, he was just frustrated and he saw me. I had a WWE badge, took out his frustrations on me, and then things were fine afterward. She didn't take it serious. She didn't take it as like, oh, he's mad at me. Like, she even says, like, people came up to me asking if I was okay. I was like, yeah, like, he didn't fire me. I'm good. He just needed to get shit out before he goes and talks to the media and gets in front of a camera. And he probably doesn't want to go off on them because that ain't going to look too great she you know she is she's worked with uh p diddy she boy bands and and stuff like that she's she has a background in relations and music and everything so i found her story very interesting very fascinating and that's why i wanted to kind of kind of talk about talk about it and when she talks about like her time in wwe yeah there's not too much like insight to you she she mentioned like they should have been more involved in the MMA and see how that worked. But Vince is of course just very in Vince McMahon's world, which not 
real new information, but Vince is also very topical this week for a number of reasons. Uh, but the, this is, this goes back to my news writing tips. Where's the sound, Joel? Where's the, where's the drop? Um, it goes back to the thing for it. <laughs> it. It goes back to that of you're not going to, you're not thinking about Don Pappas is, you know, like, oh, let me cover this interview from her, this public relations manager from 2004 who was only there for three years. Like, what is, what is she going to say? She had stories about Ric Flair too. Uh, but like, what, what? is she? Oh, she, she oh, was yeah. like, I mean, I'll, I'll tell her, I, I'm not actually writing an article on it because there's not like much to it. Like, I don't really know how I could have like framed an article out of it. But I'll, I'll tell the story here. Uh, so she she like worked with Flair and they they were doing like a media tour and stuff. And Flair like wanted to take her to dinner. And so they like went to dinner and she was like, oh, well, I should pay because like this is, you know, we're on a media tour and everything. And Flair like kept insisting he would pay, kept insisting he would pay and everything. And when you know everything you know about Flair and stuff, she seemed very just like, oh, it was very cute and whatnot. And I'm thinking like, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, listen to the podcast. It's a good, it's a good interview. It, it is. She, she's lived a life. Uh, Chosen Life podcast. Yeah, I, this is something that I don't listen to this stuff unless it's wrestling related. And this happened to be wrestling related, but it seemed like they get some like interesting guests that come from different fields of, of entertainment and stuff. And it'd probably be something that I would listen to if I just had time to listen to stuff like that. And was just interested in like the, the life of, of people in this world of, of entertainment and whatnot. Uh, but I thought this is a good interview and this get So back to the, the news writing tips. I'm not, I'm not. Bam, 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 bam. Well, 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 come on, Joel Pearl. Get some, get some energy on this Friday uh, morning. Uh, so that's yeah, there we go. There we go. They pay me to uh, do. <laughs> so, so back to the news writing tips. I'm no. like, this is this again, just like find stuff that is a little bit off the beaten path when it comes to just like this wrestler talking about this, this wrestler hot taking about this. Like, find find stuff. There's there's a lot of people in the world of wrestling that you don't know about, right? Like. PR managers, people who work on the digital side, people who work office jobs and stuff. Are a lot of these people doing interviews and stuff? No, but like if you can find one and you can get a story out of that, it's something different. It's something unique. And again, it just shows it shows good work ethic and just like the the willingness to just cover stuff outside of just like, hey, cool, here's who's on after the bell this week, which I know we led or almost led with that. We did almost lead with that. But this is, I, when I saw this, I was actually really interested, both because uh, I'm a Canadian and also because she worked in music as well, did Don. And uh, I, I, was, I was very interested in hearing the, uh, the comparisons between wrestling and music. And, and I'm sure that she kind of talks a little bit about that, working in both worlds. And going back to your Vince McMahon story about how she was yelled at on the red carpet, I don't think people truly understand how much shit... PR professionals have to deal with on a regular basis. Like this isn't me being like, Oh, it's just, you know, Vince being Vince. every owner of any company in a stressful situation is probably shitty. And they probably take yeah. it out on a PR person instead of taking it out on 
the person with a camera who can catch you in your weakest, shittiest moments. So this isn't me excusing anyone's behavior, but I am kind of saying it, it's unfortunately quite normal. Uh, but the, the, the podcast itself, it, yeah, it's quite good. You should go check it out. Um, a very, uh, just an unexpected voice from wrestling that people never heard of. And those are to me, some of the most interesting stories that come out from the wrestling world. Cause these people aren't trying to hide anything. They're talking about the job they had. They're not, you know, they're not performers. They're not wrestlers. They're not maintaining the sanctity of the business. They're just out here, you know, talking about their, their experiences. And she, she mentioned in the other article. So there's two articles that are up from her of like, they wanted her to do more on like the global side. She wasn't really interested in that. They, she said, there's just like a lot of politics that go on in wrestling. It's like, yeah, you think, Mm -hmm. um, but but yeah, it is fascinating when you hear these people who just kind of come from the outside world. She she said that like the only wrestling stuff I knew about was Cindy Lauper and Roddy Piper. Obviously, Cindy music, the rock and wrestling. Piper was yeah, did some Hollywood stuff uh, through, throughout his time. So like that that was her frame of reference when it came to wrestling. Nothing else. But she had a background in public relations and media management and stuff. And so she went to the world of wrestling and. It was it was a good story. If you if you are interested in just like life experiences of people, check it out. Well, we have some good stories here this week. Jeremy, you want to plug some stuff and we'll get out of here. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter. Follow Steven Jensen on Twitter. Um, check out everything on fightfuloverbooked.com because we have we have a lot. Uh, I was back on Twitch this week. I don't know why. I don't know how. I mean, I plan. I'm going to try to be a little bit more consistent. With that. I say that, and I don't know what consistency is. It might be like once every other week or something. But I'm going to try to get on there and just play some games, hang out with people every now and again. But the stream from that is on our Twitch, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. It's also on Fightful Overbooked. A new episode of the series dropped. I, I'm working on Steve Austin and The Rock, which is much different than CM Punk matches. Uh, Lot, much different in how these matches are worked. Yeah, that one came to a conclusion, so you don't have to worry about things being real awkward when you get to the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, new episode of the series uh, dropped on that, uh, dropped this week. Uh, I work really hard on that. I, I hope people just check it out and just leave a thumbs up on the video. Maybe share it around if you want, even if it's not your cup of tea. I just appreciate any of the support that, that goes into that, because I, I do work hard on, on that. I don't work hard on anything else, but I work hard on that. Um, uh, new new coexisting new tag talk new tim joel and uh what else yo, yo don't don't no kayfabe kayfabe they don't know oh yet. okay sorry well, edit that out then <laughs> all right fine <laughs> my bad so many things to do my bad i don't know these things nobody tells me anything oh, so if you tell me something i just say it amazing yes go go check out coexisting with Robin Maggie. Go check out Tag Talk. Uh, Tim and I have our show Weird Ass Sundays at 8pm Eastern over on YouTube.com slash Fightful Overbook. Check out all the content. Go check out the series. It's linked. It's one of the videos at the end of the send screen. So go go click on that series video. Go check it out right now over on Fightful Overbooked. I am at Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we will see you in the next one. Cheers. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 
96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.